Our guest today is a singer-songwriter and a pop icon whose career has spanned close to 30 years. His hits include Wouldn't It Be Good and The Riddle and countless others. I am very excited to welcome all the way from England, Nick Kershaw. Hi, Roy. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for speaking with me today. Like I was saying before we started, I'm a very big fan of your music. We'll get to the Steve Hackett stuff that you did a little bit, and I know that's not really your background, but still a chance to speak with you is a treat. So let's let's go back a little bit. You recently released the um, special edition of Human Racing, your multi-platinum debut. How was it revisiting that music after all these years? It was kind of strange. It wasn't something that would have occurred to me to do, to be honest. It was, I don't spend my life kind of looking back right. and, and clawing over the other stuff. Although I am kind of, I do spend quite a lot of time playing those songs live. So, um, but Universal called me up and said, do you want to, we're going to do this. Do you want to be involved? So I, I, in that respect, I said, well, yeah, from a quality control point of view and right. I want to know what's, what's going out there in my name. So, so I, I, I went and listened to all those old half inch recordings and, and, it, and and was was surprised how different they sounded right than than the cd version that i had you know because obviously that was mastered off off the vinyl master because nobody bothered to master for cd in those days so i thought well yeah i could really actually improve the sound of this digitally by remastering it properly for for, for cd so was, that was that was that was kind of fun to do that and just to listen to those lovely warm half inch tapes again yeah right was it weird to hear your voice did it sound different to you or, or anything to that extent it was it was no big shock because i kind of i get confronted with those recordings quite a lot right, right. i did it sounded yeah it sounded a little bit um under underdeveloped right you know what i mean it just kind of sounded yeah. a bit because I, I i never really was a singer um i never considered myself a singer i was kind of i played guitar in a jazz fusion band and stuff and that was my my background and I just kind of I kind of stumbled into writing my own stuff and 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 ended up performing it so it was all it was it was all very early days those first couple of albums That's and I'd never stuff. sung in the studio before either so that was that was trying stuff out to right. try, just trying to find my voice really I have the uh the live DVD the one you just released the uh, live at the O2 uh, yeah. which was from the last tour and you played the whole human racing on that was that new to this tour and did you have to go back and relearn all those songs again? Yeah, I mean, apart from the hits, which, you know, right. we, we all the time. Um, yeah, I had to go back, check out all the sounds and go back and try and sort of synthesize those sounds again, you know, or locate them, which was, which, is, which was a lot of work. I mean, a lot of work for our keyboard player especially. But right. but actually, I was I was amazed how, how close we got to it. But you, you can get, you know, by plug-in um, synths and stuff in, on on. Yeah, you can get that all now. Yeah, absolutely. So that was that was that was that was fun going back to to find those you know those old synths and trying to get those sounds back. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. It sounds great. Uh, so when you go back on those older songs, is there one that sticks out to you that wow, I I still really like this song. I I'm surprised about this one. I didn't. I don't know. I'm surprised. I can't. I've always enjoyed playing "Wouldn't It Be Good" live. I've never, I've never really changed that one. It's always just been very guitar heavy, and and yeah. and, and it's just great launching into those those first few chords. I was amazed how simple the recordings were. For what, for one thing, a lot of them there wasn't a lot on them at all. Um, huh. So it was, it was, 
playing playing them live again wasn't wasn't that wasn't that tricky. Although a lot, it's a lot of you know there was there were a few drum machines and synth things that we had to change for real drums. But I did that live in that at the time anyway. Back in nineteen eighty four, I used to play it with with the band. Right. So I, I even reverted to those old recordings at one oh, okay, point. Okay, cool. Yeah, it makes sense. I, I had access to them. Right. It's just to see how how we did it. You know. I want to touch base on some of the music you've done over the last 15 years because that's sort of where I rediscovered your music uh, again back in 98 when you released uh, 15 Minutes. And uh, you took a a long break before that. So why the long break there and why coming back to music again at that time? I I was half pushed and half jumped in 1989. (laughs) I, I, I recorded my last album with MCA Records um, an album called The Works and it was I spent a lot of money <laughs> in Los Angeles um, recording with um, some fantastic players um, and came back to a record company that I didn't really recognise there had been a kind of a, a bit of a coup right since a military coup if you like. <laughs> as, is, as is known to happen with those as things. is the way in record companies so when yeah. I got I didn't know anybody in the record company I didn't know the MD I didn't know my my, my A&R man had gone it was all completely different right. so they didn't they didn't really know me or, or, or what to do that's not an excuse I mean because what basically happened was, was that album um, wasn't shall we say as well received as as others and right. uh, I, I I, I remember touring with I was on tour with Elton John and we got back into the the country and um and the record, the governor of the record company took me aside and said told me that they wouldn't politely told me they wouldn't be uh renewing my my contract um <laughs> which I kind of was I wasn't surprised about and I wasn't even that shocked about so I I I had the choice at that point to 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 go looking for another deal or to or to do to try something else, or because I was getting, I was just getting a bit bored with the whole sort of recording and touring cycle, because and, and you kind of never really get out of that. And I, I, I had this kind of uh, rosy idea of how easy it would be to just to stay at home and write songs for other people. Right. So I made it. I made a decision to do that. Um, it wasn't easy, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a completely different. Uh, art form or it's a d- different thing altogether but I right. I got very lucky very early on with a song called The One and Only for Chesney Hawks yeah which, which you still did, hear all the time yeah, yeah which did very well um, but then I basically spent the next nine years um, recording songs that 90% of which never got heard you know wow. it's kind of weird you're writing with other people you're writing with um people at record companies send you and then subsequently drop or I mean I even made sort of two or three albums with people that never got released and it's all it got very frustrating in, in the end and I just I had a bunch of songs that I kind of the ideas kept, were coming into my head that I knew were mine that weren't kind of coverable or, or for other people and I just kind of recorded them over a period of time just to sort of exorcise them really just get them out of my head mm-hmm. uh, and, and by about 1998, I had I had kind of sort of 12 songs, and I thought, what do I do with these? And I got back together with my old manager, and he said, well, let's let's go for it again. Let's release them. Oh, okay. So those are that album. That's great. So that's the 15 Minutes album, yeah. So bam, but here we go again. Right. <laughs> and um, that that's an amazing album. One of my favorite albums to to this day, with 
songs like um, Fiction and Billy and Have a Nice yeah. Life, which are great. Uh, and you still play some of those on tour along with a lot of the older hits. So what is it about that album that's special for you? Uh, I guess it was done over a period of time. It was it was it was the kind of um, it, it was almost a, a a therapy session. That album from from start to finish. It was it was kind of um, a very honest record. I think it's yeah. the most honest, honest record I've ever I'd made to that point because I'd never really written about myself or, or stuff that I had genuine experience of. Because in, back in the eighties, it was all about saving the planet, and <laughs> I, I went out of my way to write about anything other other than myself because I was always afraid of getting found out. I think that right. I was. Um, so I, but yeah, it was it was very honest. It was very, an honest album and. A lot of the songs were kind of written with, on a guitar, which the previous songs weren't. So they're, they're kind of they're very they're very easy songs to sing. They're not they're not necessarily the easy is good, but they're just kind of um, they're 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 yeah they're easy songs to put across live. Some of those songs, right? So I guess they're, they're just uh, I just, I don't know they've just lasted. They've just they've always sounded good with the band and they've always kind of gone down well at gigs and I've just kind of stuck with sort of the two or three songs from the album yeah. Yeah. and it does feature a lot more guitar playing from you which I don't think many people realize how good a guitar player you were from from the stuff yeah, from well, the 80s really yeah well it was kind of it wasn't very trendy to in 1984 to be a guitar player yeah because you know, all, all the synth players were having all the fun so right. And that interested me, genuinely interested me. You know, I was, I was, I was interested in exploring that technology. Um, but fundamentally, I was, I was a guitar player. I, that's, that's what I served my apprenticeship doing in, in function and right. function bands and jazz fusion bands. Um, so it's nice to get sort of go back to that. And you know, I don't play keyboards live anymore, and I, because I, I can't play keyboards. <laughs> but, you know, that's basically what you know. <laughs> with one finger so right you know it's that again it's honesty it's that's that's what i do i'm a guitar player right sure um a couple of songs i want to ask about so uh somebody loves you is that um is that about being a performer and being on stage and and kind of getting the appreciation from an audience that's what i always thought that song was about i was curious about the story yeah that. well that's 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 exactly what it's about yeah yeah, it's a kind of, and it's 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 kind of about being um, using that as as a, a substitute personality, really, just kind of, um, or an excuse for not having one of your own. You just become what um, what other people think you are, you know. And it's it's it, it was it's it's a very easy trap to fall into, and it's it's a very very easy way of existing. It's like you walk into a room and everybody knows who you are, and you just kind of fall back on onto that that crutch, you know, just just that you you play that part for people yeah. um, um, and and you can easily lose yourself in it all and, and forget who you are and so, so again sort of pulling from your earlier days kind of auto, autobiographical a little bit yeah 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 I felt it's I just you know it just seemed a good idea to touch on that you know without dwelling on it too much right but yeah it's great what it's kind of like and um lyrically uh, I think is where your songs really kind of stand out uh at times they're they have a bit of sarcasm to them right songs like um die laughing or can't get arrested is that 
Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where where do you get those ideas from? That's just that. That's just that's me. I guess I'm a, I'm quite. A, you know, sarcasm is the lowest form of wit, and I'm <laughs> and I'm quite good at it. Yeah, no, that, they're great. <laughs> I do. You know, I love. I just I can't say anything that seriously. I just there always there's always some kind of irony or or, or I'm either it's actually meaning the opposite of what I'm saying, or I'm just just. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a good way of getting a point across it really is good, a good way of getting a point die, across die laughing is an especially like funny one to me I think that's great the first time I heard that was really yeah. really funny um, so the last CD you did uh, called 8 which came out last year yeah uh, another another great CD um, has what I think is, is one of the best songs you've written so the, the Sky's the Limit what was uh, huh? what was the inspiration behind that one it's, it's kind of a reoccurring theme really it's about possibilities and it's it's about it's 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 the uh it's about being young and 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 it's kind of like it's it you know you don't want to preach to younger people you don't, I don't want to kind of go you know this is my experience of things and you, you this is what you should be doing and whatever but right. but it's I, I just remember you know when i when i was young how, how anything was possible absolutely anything was possible yeah. and you could have as, as an age and i can't i kind of was look was was looking at my how old was she at the time she was about eight I think my, my stepdaughter and all the things she was going through at school and all the different things she was learning and all the pos- different possible directions she could fly off in you know and 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 really it was about that and and um it's a, so it's quite simple there's no there's no iron there's no irony or sarcasm in that that song no just, no it's actually actually, know, actually is what it says is you know it's, it's what it means it's, you know, it's beautifully it's, written yeah one line that i i love off of uh runaway on that album which is uh, just one of the best lyrics that i'd never heard it put that way which is uh if you leave me can i come too right which is well, I- the, the thing, yeah, only chose. I can't really claim credit for it. That, oh, that, really? Because I've never that, heard that, a song put that way, and I thought that's just so so cool. Yeah, it, well, it, that's that's, and that's why I wrote the song. But that's why I didn't call it. If you leave me, can I come too? Because right. there there are two songs that I know about. There's there, there's one old um, song, an old country song from the sixties. I think that was it originated as a country song. Oh, if really? You, okay. But there and then there was an Australian band called was it Mental as Anything? What were they called? I can't remember what they were called. But um, they had a hit with it with a song called "If You Leave Me, Can I Come Too." <laughs> um, so it's not an original idea. I just put a, I kind of put a different my own kind of thing on it though. So I yeah. thought it was it was it was um, it was a valid bit of plagiarism. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, now it got found out. I'm sorry about that. No, uh, it's all, you know. Um, so what uh, what is your writing process? Lyrics first, music first. How do you how do you work in the studio? Or I don't have a process really. It's, it's uh, it just kind of it either happens or it doesn't. It's sometimes it's the best ones just turn up. They just kind of you know when I'm walking the dog or or or, or just driving is 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 I don't usually just, I, I try not to listen to too much radio or or music in the car. So it's kind of it's free. Air, so I might get some ideas, um, but yeah, the best the best ones just turn up with with a little with a few I uh, sort of sounds of words or lyrics. I mean, it might be in a phrase that I don't understand, 
you know, I'm thinking, well, that that phrase sounds really good and it it sings really well, but what on earth is that all about? And I, then I have to kind of discover what the song's about from that that phrase and just write the lyric around it. So when do you decide? Okay, I've I've written this many songs, or I want to go into the studio. I want to I want to put an album out. You do one up every what about two three years? It seems like something like that. It's way smaller than that. I think it's sort of four or five. Yeah, six. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it's getting sl- you know it's more di- it's more difficult to write songs now. It, it, it gets more difficult. You don't for a couple of reasons. One is one is that you um, I don't want to repeat myself. You know, so obviously that becomes more the 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 larger the body of work you've already done, the more difficult that is not to repeat yourself. Right. So I'm aware of not wanting to do that. Another thing is, is motivation in, in that you want to, you always want to do something different. You want to have a reason to make a record, you know, not just kind of, um, oh, I'll write a bunch of songs and make a record. Um, and the other thing is that you just don't have, you don't, you don't have, it doesn't matter it's not a bad thing necessarily, but you don't you don't have the hunger and the and the energy that you had back back in you know when you started, um, and that that is now and I've got plenty of other distractions you know so it doesn't it kind of just happens when it happens I kind of yeah. let it I, I try not to force it um, because it's um I, it just never turns out well if you, if if I force it right you know? so. Uh, I do want to touch on the the stuff with Steve Hackett and how you got involved in that whole project. How'd you get approached to be a part of the the Genesis uh, revisited thing? I'm not absolutely sure, to be honest. I yeah. there were a couple of connections. One is that I I did a uh, I did the lyrics and the vocals for um, three songs on a Tony Banks album. Right, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, back in the '90s, so he would have been aware of that. Um, Obviously, but also my, one of my dearest friends, um, Nick Beggs, uh, had been playing bass with him right. for quite a long time. So I think he might he might have um, uh, played him some of the stuff I was doing. Or what, I, I don't know, but there was a connection there, and we did meet mm-hmm. a couple of times um, around Nick's or a part of Nick's parties or, or whatever. Um, so yeah, and then I got an email saying, "Do you want to?" I'm I'm doing some more Genesis songs. What if would you like to do it? And what would you like to sing if you did it? Him him not really knowing if I was that familiar with with Genesis. And as 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 it turned out, I was um, a mad Genesis fan when I was. Oh, we're talking about sort of early seventies. Oh, cool! Yeah, when I was sort of fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, that was my. I, I was one of the first ever albums I bought was. Um, was Genesis Live, and then I, I went back from there to Nursery Crimes and um, Foxtrot, right. and then I, fo- I followed them right all through the, the Peter Gabriel years, um, and a couple of albums after that, and then sort of moved, and then sort of lost touch a little bit. So I, I had a, you know, I had a, I, I just jumped at it. I just thought, great, well, when I was singing one of those amazing songs that I used to hear, so, so you told him that you prefer to sing the Lamia, is that Yeah, I picked suggestion? that one out straight away. I just I just love that tune. It's just such a beautiful tune. Not not realizing how bloody difficult it was to sing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those those songs are hard back from back then. Especially hard. the Peter Gabriel uh, you know, the lyrics and everything. It's it's yeah, a challenge. It's, it's, 
it's the lyrics then they're not they're not easy lyrics to sing some of them they don't lend themselves to sort of and he's got a huge range as well so they're they're down there and they're up there and they're, they're all over the shop right. you know? um and some of the intervals are really quite they don't they're not kind of normal blues intervals or anything they they're tricky to sing and and um but the word, the but the, the words of uh, I don't know if it's just that I'm getting older and I can't remember stuff. But I found the, the words so difficult to to remember. Right. And when I did the two gigs, it was it was just it was it was torture. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't torture. It was great, but it was torture because I I I, I thought I, I desperately trying to remember these lyrics all the way through it, and I got I got them both nights. So. So you did uh, two shows, I guess you said with him. Yeah, I did. We did the one that was filmed in uh, at the Hammersmith Apollo, right on in, the DVD. Yeah, yeah, and um, the night before as a kind of warm up at, at Aylesbury, uh, at the theatre in Aylesbury. Yeah, that DVD performance was um, was really great, and and um, uh, with uh, Steve Rothery played on that song also with you live. Yeah, that whole thing he's doing with um, redoing those songs and keeping them fresh and alive, I think, is is excellent and it's done well, no, really well no one else is doing it I and mean, then right. we'll we'll do it you know i don't think um uh, phil's phil's never going to tour again i don't think so there will i don't think there'll ever be another genesis tour yeah playing any of those songs so yeah so someone else is certainly not do it <laughs> absolutely curious just what you think of the industry today having had really you know great success in the 80s when things were big and everything and just when cds were launching and mm. and now you know with cds not selling i mean what's how yeah. do you see it i don't i don't know what the business is anymore i don't i don't really have a lot to do with it i kind of yeah cuz i'm i'm you know i can because of technology i can make my own records here i could just I could just sit in a room on my own doing that i don't have any a&r input i don't have i don't do meetings <laughs> You know, that so must I don't, be awesome. I, don't, I mean, just sounds it, so much yeah, easier. Brilliant. Tell you what, you know, meetings, God. Yeah. Um, so I can just play, totally please myself. Um, so I'm I'm totally out of touch with what you know the business is, whether it's just making records for X Factor winners and or <laughs> I don't know what it is. Yeah. I don't. I don't, I don't I think. Don't, I don't think they do either, really. And then you know, and they, you know, even. even even at that the level they're not selling that many records and they're making you know most of their money out of um, putting their name on a perfume or something <laughs> it's something completely nothing to do with the, the business it's yeah. just it's all like advertising and lucky uh, you don't have to deal with that these days I guess well I could always bring out a perfume I don't know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> sure a possibility um what uh what bands are or if any are you listening to newer artists of, of today anything I'm, I'm i'm woefully out of touch to be honest really uh, yeah i I'm, i get very lazy i used to have a kind of a bunch of mates that we used to send each other stuff but we kind of lost touch we've, we've, we've all kind of um gradually going grow grown older and more cynical and, and and we don't we 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 we're not as sort of adventurous and exploratory as we used to be so um there's a band it's been around for a few years now it's a band called everything everything i just i just love what they do they're kind of bit a bit bonkers they they're sort of kind of xtc but but not quite and they're just they're just 
for really good musicians and really good players and love that. There's some good people around. I mean, there's some great songwriters, Ed Sheeran and, um, yeah. you know, those guys. So it's just, there's a lot of good people about it. It's just that, the, you know, the people getting most of the attention are, are, are just the ones that are already famous on the telly for some reason. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so what's next for you? Are, are you still planning on making some new music? Can we expect a new CD in, I guess, five or six years? Uh, yeah. You can ex- you can expect that. Um, I, I, I don't know what, what it's going to be. Might be a prog album. Yeah, you knows? should try it. Well, I don't know. It could be anything. I've, <laughs> I've kind of got. There's, there's. It, it could go anyway. It could go. I'd like. I'd like to do something different. I'd like to do something new. I, you know, I've, I've got quite a few connections now, also in, in, in the folk world as well. So I kind of. It might be sort of you know go acousticy and and folky and 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 just sort of do that, or it could be. Just do some, just something different, something that people aren't really expecting. Great. Nice. Having said that, it's, it's probably going to end up just another Nick Kershaw album. But hey, <laughs> well, we'll it, it's yet to it's yet to reveal itself to me. Cool, you know? and and I don't know if it'll ever happen, but uh, if you get a chance to tour the states, that would be that would be great. Um, yeah, you know, it's just yeah, it's just the cost involved in doing that, and it. Yeah. Uh, I never really had it going on in the states that much. We toured a bit, and it was great fun, and but never actually sold many records over there, which is a shame. But I'd, I like to do that because it's a great place to to, to tour. Right, that's pretty much uh, everything for me. I, I I know you have other stuff to do, so uh, I again I just want to thank you for the time and in, and letting me speak with you and kind of pick your brain. It's for me, it's a real honor and a pleasure. Well, thank you. It's been really nice talking to you. Have a great rest of your day, and hopefully we'll talk again soon. You too. Cheers, man. Bye. We're going to close with Nick Kershaw doing the Lamia from the Steve Hackett Genesis Revisited 2. Please check theprogreport.com for more news and upcoming interviews. Thanks. The scent grows richer. He knows he must be here. He finds a long passageway lit by chandelier. Each step he takes, the perfumes change From familiar fragrance to flavor strange Magnificent chamber meets his eye Inside a long rose water pool Is shrouded by fine mist By beauty gripped in fright Three vermilion snakes are female face The smallest motion filled with grace Muted melodies fill the echoing room But there is
putting fear beside him. He trusts in beauty blind. He slips into the nectar, leaving his shredded clothes behind. With their tongues, they test, taste, and judge all that is mine. Flesh that remains, I will take as my.